Welcome everyone back to Telecom Radio 1. We're continuing our series dissecting popular IT nerds. Today we have Joshua Stroud on the call from, he's IT manager at, at Kelly Road Builder. So Joshua, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for being on. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, man, you've got a, a really good uh, IT history and uh, interesting how you got into IT as well. I mean, I know you did some time. You did some time in Iraq and Afghanistan. So I don't know where you want to start off, man. But maybe just give us a little background story on on a how you got into IT to begin with. Maybe what was your what was your first computer? That's always a fun one too. Sure, sure. So coming up, I uh, sporadically, um, uh, very sporadically, dealt with uh, computers. Um, with that being said, I grew up in the country, so it wasn't like I had access to someone, you know, in the same um, era uh, that lived in the city. Uh, but, you hey, know, I'm I in the country. It, I'm in the country right now, man. I grew up in the country too. I'm still, <laughs> still in the country. Uh, I had to pick some ticks off my kids. Uh, let's see this week, but uh, at least we had an Apple T. We had an Apple IIc with some flop, you know, single floppy drive. That, that was our first computer. But but keep going, man. Uh, yeah, definitely. So I would uh, tinker uh, with the uh, with computers, you know, here and there. Uh, but uh, I initially uh, started out uh, going to UAB under the uh, Electrical and Computer Engineering Program. Uh, that particular program really put more of a focus on the electrical engineering side versus the computer engineering side. So um, my initial focus was actually engineering. And that's uh, University of Alabama, right? For anyone, for anyone out there listening. Yes, University of Alabama at Birmingham. Yes. Awesome. All right. So electrical engineering, uh, very uh, exciting uh, for some people. Yeah. Some people would say not too exciting, but it kind of you kind of went down a different pathway. Uh, definitely, definitely. So um, to get in the UAB, I actually joined the uh, Alabama Army National Guard, um, and it actually paid for school. Um, what I didn't expect was to not be able to finish school due to having to go overseas. So, how long were you I, in, uh, how long were you overseas? Um, the first time. So I, I wrecked, I left Iraq in January or December rather of 2009. Mm -hmm. And I returned in, uh, February of 2011. So just out of curiosity, um, man, uh, how was that? Well, first of all, I have a lot of friends. I, I do a lot of jujitsu. I have a lot of friends that, that, uh, served, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of friends that were overseas. Some like to talk about it, Some don't. I mean, it's completely up to you, man. I'm just curious, man. If you want to talk about it, great. If not, no big deal. Um, we can move on, but I wanted to ask you what it's like over there. If you're all right with that. Oh, sure. Sure. So it is definitely a, um, a different world world, uh, than what, um, I was used to here. Yeah. Um, with that being said, there's a lot that we take for granted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, it is a third world country. Uh, so so resources that are available to us aren't really available to them. Uh, just as an example, clean water. Yeah, you know, sure. there's no guarantee that they're going to have clean running water. Mm -hmm. um, electricity. Um, having a comfortable home to go to. There's not really a middle class over there. You either... Um, have a lot of money or you don't. There's not a lot of in between. You know, you either live in a palace or you live in a in a, a side house. You know, mm -hmm. um, 
What about conflict? Did you see? A, I mean, did you see a lot of conflict or? Yeah, I was uh, I was in transportation, so I stayed on convoys a lot. So there, there was um, definitely a lot of different um, things that happened outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is combat related and non combat related. Uh, one of my uh, one of my favorite memories actually is uh, in Iraq. They had what they call a floating bridge. Mm-hmm. And essentially, the bridge kind of sits on top of the uh, the river. As you roll onto the bridge, it actually dips below the water. Mm-hmm. So um, until you get across it, you don't even see the bridge. You know you're on it. So uh, <laughs> the running joke was uh, once you get on the bridge, do not turn the steering wheel or otherwise you may, you know, yeah. <laughs> you end up in the river. So. Uh, <laughs> It was uh, very, very exhilarating. Uh, glad I made it through that. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, they had a lot of uh, neat little twerks and whatnot. Um, another interesting thing about their um, environment, their culture, uh, they don't really have power lines. Mm-hmm. So there's no um, height limit when it comes to, you know, loads. Uh, there would be some unbelievable... <laughs> Uh, cargo that's being carried by you know just whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I seen a. Um, oh, I see you're saying ma- yeah, in other words maxing out. There's no way stations. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> way stations and then the height, the total height period. Yeah, yeah, I got you. So you get crazy stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. I seen a charter bus with two um, two of the metal connect containers on top of it. And it had two cars on top of the Cunnets containers. All this <laughs> on top of this. How they got it up there, I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's stuff like that that you would never see, um, you know, here in the U.S. Uh, nice, man. Uh, but, yeah, even with, with all of that being said, um, the only IT exposure I had overseas mm-hmm. uh, was dealing with our uh, communication systems. Okay. Uh, we uh, yeah, we use long range radio systems. Um, I was uh, in charge while we were out outside the wire, mm-hmm. and uh, by outside the wire, I just mean not on base. We're we're running missions. Yep. Uh, while we were outside the wire, I was in charge of um, making sure our radios were uh, stayed in working condition, uh, maintaining our sick and uh, all that good stuff. So. Um, but yeah, in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, the difference is, uh, I'm not going to say like night and day, uh, but they are vastly different. Um, Iraq is more spread out, uh, more flat. Um, you have your desert areas, but you also have your areas of um, lush vegeta- vegetation, uh, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, it was uh, really flat mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. Um, of course, as you get to the northern part of Iraq, around Mosul, um, it's a little more hilly. Um, versus Afghanistan, um, even our bases, everything was a lot more compact. Everything was closer together. Um, I ran more missions in Afghanistan, but they were shorter missions. Um, mm-hmm. Afghanistan, I actually did more convoy security than actually running, you know, the convoys themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was very mountainous. Um, and it was uh, significantly colder <laughs> in Afghanistan. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you been shot at? 
Uh, definitely. That um, that that kind of comes with the territory. Um, anybody that's been outside the wire over there is uh, that that's <laughs> that's not something you can avoid. Uh, to be honest with you. So. What was that? What was that like? The first time you had? What was that first like? The first time you had gunfire coming at you? Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and uh, that was in Iraq, and is uh, you you would, um, you know, gunfire. You know, duck. It kind of became. Uh, we we kind of got desensitized to it. I, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of just part of the, <laughs> you know, part of the deal, part of the day. Yeah, um, gotcha. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, definitely. We um, and uh, again, I spent thirteen months in Iraq, um, eleven months in Afghanistan, and uh, definitely an experience that I'll you know be able to kind of reflect on here and there throughout the rest of my life. So, I'm sure, man. I'm sure. Um, with that being said, I I don't have any desire to go back. <laughs> so, I got gotcha. you. Um, I got gotcha. you. Um, so so thanks, man. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, so, Hey, so moving on to it stuff though, you come back, you get into it. Um, and I, you know, I don't know where we want to go from here. What was kind of like the biggest, uh, what was kind of like the main thing that got you to where you're at right now? What was kind of like the biggest stepping stone? uh, Biggest stepping stone. I'm sorry. Say that one more time. What, what, What was the biggest stepping stone? Um, the biggest stepping stone was, um, Coming off the help desk, um, what I found initially is that um, a lot of a lot of professionals that go in through the help desk route uh, kind of sit there, I guess, uh, because there is a comfort level associated with it. Um, you're uh, sitting beside, you're sitting behind a phone the whole time, you know. So there's there's not really the face to face interaction. Yep. Um, but it came to a point where I just desired to, to, you know, be more involved. I wanted to expand my knowledge base when it comes to IT. I wanted to get a better understanding of systems, um, how systems are being used, you know, with businesses across the board, uh, not just when something isn't working, you know. So, um, in addition to maintaining and improving and building on my reactive knowledge, I also wanted to start to build on my proactive knowledge. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I took a leap and that kind of landed me in my role where I uh, worked up in uh, Huntsville. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a Department of Defense contracting job. And that's really where I um, kind of started expanding beyond um, the help desk. Um, I got exposure to managing uh Cisco VoIP systems, for example, um, managing um, certificates. Uh, these were specifically DOD certificates, but certificates nonetheless. Yep. It gave me a baseline of of, of uh, the importance and the use uh, of of certificates and uh you know in infrastructure. Um, I also um, from there, I worked with a nonprofit uh, where I was the uh, desktop support person. Yep. Uh, it was only myself and the uh, the system administrator there, so we more or less handled everything. Uh, that's when I got exposure to physically running cable, um, terminating those um, terminating those Ethernet ends, um, getting exposure to the physical side. You know, putting hands on. We built a few servers, mm-hmm. 
first time getting into a switch, um, configuring a switch. So what do you think, I mean, what's the big difference between that and just, you know, a help desk technician? I mean, it, I mean, what's the big difference there? Is it, is it dealing with end users? Is it more, more of an expansive knowledge of, you know, I don't know, database admin or servers or actual physical hands-on, you know, what, what's the, what was the big leap? Yeah, the big leap was uh, going from um, sitting on a phone to hands-on. That, that was the biggest difference. Yeah, definitely okay. the biggest difference. Yeah. And so then we we fast forward, you know, so now you're an IT manager and I, I know we've got a good ransomware story to talk about too, which is really cool. But, uh, you know, what do you think the key difference is between help desk? Do you think you got more experience dealing with end users from the system admin side? And then it was just a matter of expanding your actual physical experience or experience with, with IT knowledge in general? Or do you think you got more end user experience when you moved up? Um, I feel like I got more end user experience, um, on the help desk side, to be honest. And it's really more from a soft skills uh, standpoint, uh, learning how to, you know, how to talk with, how to, um, you know, deescalate situations and that type of stuff. Um, I feel so like I think that that's a key, I think it's a key point though. So for like anyone, like, like any system admin guys out there listening or anyone that wants to, I don't know, eventually move into, to, you know, CIO, CTO role or IT director role, really you're getting your most important skill or one of the most important skills, which is talking with people and, and how to deal with people at, at right, right at the beginning. So if you can yeah. be successful, if you can be successful with end users and from a systems admin standpoint, then it's just a matter of time. If you can't be successful with the end users at the very beginning, then you might as well just, you know, kiss it goodbye. Definitely. And, and, uh, and you, as you know, over the last, uh, five, 10 years, the role of the IT professional in general is, you know, is steadily changing. Um, we're starting to come to the forefront of the business, you know, IT, you know, is uh, the backbone of most businesses anyway. Yeah. IT cost center versus IT as a, a revenue generator. Like back in the day, right. I think people are still stuck in the IT as a cost center. How much money are we spending on IT versus how, or how much money is IT making us? Correct. Yeah. 100% agree. And, um, so it is uh it is highly essential as I talk to uh some of my colleagues, some of my peers, um they're they're uh, more or less leaning towards when it comes to hiring a new person, uh they rather have someone with the necessary soft skills and uh they're willing to teach those hard skills rather than having someone with all the technical know how but you know, they can't uh <laughs> they, they don't know how to talk to customers. Uh, because at the end of the day, uh, those hard skills can be taught, uh, but people skills, those are a lot harder to teach, uh, takes a little longer to teach and you could end up, you know, shooting yourself in the foot for lack of a better phrase, um, by hiring someone that doesn't know how to talk to folks, you know, talk to people as you could end up losing clients, you know, so, uh, soft skills are very important, um, and being able to develop and fine tune those soft skills on the help desk. Uh, has definitely helped me get to where I am today. And I was able to develop and uh, fine-tune my uh, hard skills along the way. For example, ransomware uh, attack. Tell me about it. 
Yeah, so uh, so ransomware. Um, I'm sure everyone is aware of what ransomware is. Um, yeah, we haven't covered it on the show yet. I've never. I don't think I've covered a big ransomware story yet on the show yet. But yours is pretty impressive. Definitely. So um, ransomware uh, is a really nasty form of uh, malware. Um, and just FYI, ransomware is actually a two billion dollar industry. Um, for someone that wants to put some ransomware out there, they actually have a ransomware help desk that you can call. <laughs> you don't even know how. You don't even have to know how to create the ransomware. You can call this ransomware help desk, you know, on the dark net, and actually have them create you a package, give you an instruction on how to deploy it, and there you go, boom. You know, that's the first. Pack- yeah, I'm a hacker now. So, do you know any of these uh, yeah, numbers? Just, just, what, what are these numbers that we can call? Can I? Can I? Uh, <laughs> not that we want to advertise these numbers, but you know, it might be fun to just throw them on an automatic dialer or something. And just call them all <laughs> exactly right, exactly. But uh, yeah, ransomware is it's a very um, it's a very uh, lucrative industry, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's very nasty, and it can do major damage for businesses. So what um, happened? So what's the story? What what happened? So, um, two different stores. I'll give you the quick one first. So, the first store, um, this healthcare IT um, or healthcare um, company, um, they have about 10 to 20 offices. Uh, they got a ransomware attack. Over 1,200 PCs were encrypted. Um, so, they were down. Uh, they decided to go ahead and pay the ransom. Um, I can't remember the exact dollar amount uh, for this particular instance, uh, but they paid the ransom. The decryption key was sent, and it took about a week and a half to get all of those PCs decrypted. Uh, so they were good to go up and running. Uh, so there was about a week, you know, and a half of downtime, uh, loss of revenue, but um, it's better than you know the next door. So next door, um, this and this is actually. Uh, technology company. Um, they uh, got a ransomware attack. Mm-hmm. It uh, took down all of their servers and it also encrypted their backups. So um, we had to essentially start over from scratch. All right. So the initial, you know, the initial. Now, did you come in? Were you already in like existence here or like what happened? Like, so if it encrypted the backups. No, it was mm-hmm. what happened. How did how did that happen? How was there no, you know, like bare metal backup or how was there no backup that wasn't encrypted? That, that like a safe. So this like was, a safe yeah, this was an this was a uh, design flaw or an infrastructure um flaw on their end. Okay. Um the way they had their network set up, <laughs> um, they more or less, you know, left themselves open to it. Okay. Uh, once yeah, once something was able to get into the network. Mm-hmm it was able to take them down completely. Now, did you come in after the fact or like, so where do you come into play here? Yes. Yes. I came in after the fact. In this particular case, I came in as a a consultant. Okay. Um, I had, yeah, I had no dealings with this uh, particular client prior to this incident. Okay. Go on. All right. So, um, uh, the first thing we did, we asked them, we got two options. We can either go ahead and uh, start from scratch mm-hmm. or you can pay the ransom. Uh, <laughs> so the ransom, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the ransom started out at a, around 500000 somewhere up in there. And they were like, we're going to pay 500000 
Yeah, sure. We'll pay five hundred thousand. That's a good yeah. thing. And a yeah, they, well, at first, but they they were on the fence about it. So after about the third day, they were like, uh, "Okay, we'll we'll pay the ransom." Well, they go to pay the five hundred thousand, and the uh, <laughs> the uh, hacker was like, uh, "No, we uh, we doubled the price. You know, you waited three days." So they're like, "Okay, so a million dollars? Really? We, we're going to have to pay a million dollars at wow. this time? They're down for a week." Yeah, that's um, crazy. A week. As far as revenue, they're losing uh, anywhere from one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars a day at this point. Mm-hmm. So um, they're down for a week. All right. So at this point, they decide, okay, they after another three to four days, okay, we're going to just pay the million so we can get back up. All right. So they go back to the hacker, and the hackers raise the price again. So <sighs> at this point, it's, okay, we're losing money. We cannot afford at this point to pay over a million dollars to decrypt it. And, uh, you know, we still be down for another week. So at this point, um, they're scratching the data. So I actually, uh, sat down with them and we, um, built a brand new network infrastructure for them from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I basically along the way, you know, I was able to, um, you know, use it for educational purposes as well. That was an expensive lessons learned, but, <laughs> you know. Was the data uh, just like, hey, forget it. We're just going to start building from scratch. Like, was the data just gone and that's it? Goodbye? Exactly. Yes. Okay. So all the customer database information and stuff like that, just poof. Go- goodbye. It was gone. It was so gone. we'll just start talking with people and rebuilding it and have some data entry people. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, wow. Wow. That's exactly it. And uh, with that being said, that's probably the worst case scenario of ransomware <laughs> where it uh, takes everything down, all your data, and you have to start over from scratch. That is that is the worst case scenario for ransomware. Um, that's, a, that's a sad story, but uh, crazy. So there it is. That was just complete disaster. Um, there was no paying. The fact that people pay a million dollars for ransomware is a real thing. It happens. Uh, it's just it does. A thing. It does. like regularly. Um, I kind of like your, so, you know, just for everyone else out there listening, uh, any, any best practices or, or, or tips here, uh, just in general, um, you know, just kind of as like a, like a final message or anything like that out there that you're saying, like, you have any, uh, any best practices or anything that you want to share with anyone listening? Um, sure, sure. Um, when it comes to uh, security, you know, uh, user education, uh, I can't stress that enough. Um, there are a lot of tools and mechanisms that we as the IT professionals have in place where we can stop, you know, a lot of the, ma- the nasty stuff, man, in the middle of text, that type stuff. But social engineering, a.k.a. human hacking, uh, mm-hmm. that's what we definitely need some help with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is vital that we educate our end users on uh, different things to look out for, how to protect themselves and protect the company. What do you um, think is the best way to do that? Other than, you know, software and like, you know, stuff that sits within like an email inbox and shows you like, this is a potential threat. This is coming from a weird DNS or this is coming, you know I mean? Other than that stuff, just like, what's the best way to, in your opinion to communicate the, the message? Uh, so what I like to do, or to get people to care, how about just to get people to care? Because I mean, I would say like, you know, a lot of employees might just not, might just not care. Hey, it's the company. You know, I mean, a lot of people just have bad attitudes when it comes to stuff like that and might just be careless and not care enough. Well, and I feel like, um, 
if you get the right people to start caring, um, in my case, the owners of the company, mm-hmm. I feel like it'll kind of flow down from there. Um, you know, when I share stories like the ransomware attacks, uh, mm-hmm. those, those type things, and um, this is a small business. Um, another fun fact, small for small businesses, rather, mm-hmm. if they get a ransomware attack or a malware attack that has them down for any extended period of time, they uh-huh. generally have to close within six months. That's how bad stuff can get, especially for small businesses. So, um, that's a good. When that's you, a good. Uh, yeah. So when you have uh, when you um, you know stress user education, I'll uh, send out a, a fun fact little newsletter. You know, every week. Mm-hmm. You know, just uh, putting out some fun facts of different. You know, in regards to IT, IT security. Yeah. Um, I'll randomly have a. Uh, run an email security test. And basically what it is, I'll send out a uh, an illegitimate email and I can get a report on who clicks on it. Yeah. They don't know it's illegitimate, you know, but I'll get a report on who clicks on it. What's your percent? And, what's your highest win rate? What's your highest percentage of click rate? <laughs> um, I'm just curious. Is it over first, 10%? Is it over 10% the people that click on it? Or? Oh yeah. <laughs> it, so was. Pretty messed it was. It was, brother. Yeah, it was, was, but at this point, it's definitely gotten to the point where if they see anything that's questionable, they come to me about it first and foremost, and that's what I want, you know. Um, Insider attacks are by far the leading cause of um, malware attacks, and most of the time, they're inadvertent. So um, So the best way to prevent attacks and phishing attacks is to be better than the majority of the people that are trying to fish your company anyways, Or or at least, you know, really get your people completely paranoid about everything. Yes. Yes. The more, the more paranoid they are, the, the safer you are. <laughs> spread, <laughs> spread paranoia is the, I guess is the message. Exactly. Um, that's exactly. awesome. So, Hey, uh, really appreciate you taking some time to be on the show today. Um, been a lot of fun talking with you. Um, any, any of the final messages, man, anything else you got to share? Um, the number one, uh, <laughs> rule for, uh, security Make sure you have good secure backups. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it gets any uh, simpler than that. You know, yeah, a backup that's sure not a backup is. Yeah, a backup that's not a backup is not a backup. If that makes any sense. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Make sure you have some good backups. All right, uh, Joshua, man. Hey, thanks for being on the show. All right, I appreciate your time, sir. <laughs>